Welcome to the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio, the podcast for talent acquisition aficionados, HR lovers, and the recruitment connoisseurs out there looking to get inspired and challenge traditional approaches to hiring. Here, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the recruitment process, engaging fresh talent, managing tough internal hiring dilemmas, and of course, the future of talent acquisition. I'm your host, Adri Smith from Recruity. I'll be quizzing the experts, asking the burning questions, and of course, bringing you great guests each episode. By the end of every episode, we'll offer a few hypotheticals and of course, tips to take back to your team and workplace. When you're filling vacancies left, right, and center, considering future hiring and planning for it doesn't seem realistic. But in competitive markets, it's a good way to get ahead. Today, I'm joined by Tamash Javier from Moli, who's come to share how he's implemented proactive hiring strategies and tactics. Welcome, Tamash. Hi, Adri. I'm super happy to be here. I'm doing my very first podcast in, in my life. Great. <laughs> well, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got involved in talent acquisition and employer yeah. branding? Exactly. Well, it's the just like anybody I in recruitment, you cannot study for it. Actually, so you kind of just end up being a recruiter just mm-hmm. by, by certain life situations. So that's what, what happened to me. I, I was actually studying something completely different. It was more like um, international relations, project management, geography. It was really a mixture of everything. But I, I kind of ended up being a, a volunteer at one NGO. It was uh, connected to youth education. So I become, became a youth trainer. And then from that, I had a chance to work for the EU itself, which was really a great experience. So there I also I've touched the recruitment for the very first time. And after that, I ended up uh, working uh, for one bigger organization uh, and uh, before I moved to Amsterdam. And uh, now I'm in Amsterdam being recruited at startup. So it was actually really a twist of faith, I would say. And uh, as I wanted always to be a trainer, but when I came back to Slovakia from this uh, a European agency, I couldn't find a job as a trainer. And the only other thing I could do was recruitment. So then I started being a recruiter and I discovered the beauty of employer branding because before I didn't know that it was part of recruitment. I was always like this marketing aspect. So that's how it, uh, how it happened. And uh, I kind of have experience from like, corporates, public administration, startup scale-ups, so, like all around experience when it comes to recruitment. So it's interesting that you mentioned marketing kind yeah. of in that mix and yeah. in that kind of interest yeah. Yeah. sphere for yeah. Yeah. recruitment. When we get to the topic of today, which is creating kind of a very strong pipeline of candidates, marketing plays a really big role in that. Yes. How did you kind of put those two together? Anytime when I, when I approach a situation, I always try, like to analyze what people like. How do I, what can I do to bring value? I believe and when I go somewhere, I always try to bring value, always offer something before you ask. That's how I kind of try to live my life. And and when, I, when, do recruitment, when we do recruitment, we often ask no without uh, giving any value like when we approach candidates when we we always say let's come and work for us we have an opposition available without offering anything for them and i believe that's not really logical i mean anything you do in life when you just demand it can be successful and that's how i saw that okay my friend was a marketeer and then when i understood how they actually get clients how they leads understand that it's all about value. You first give them an insight into your product, into into what they can actually get out of it before you even approach them with a with a proposal or with anything with uh, with with the first conversation. And I realized that that's something what it's really benefit could beneficial for recruiters because it's actually very similar. The candidates are buying something with their skills, we are paying with a salary 
and that's a very similar approach. So kind of I put it together and uh, started experimenting with some uh, ways how we can actually make those cold leads visually approach with, with that message on LinkedIn or via email a bit warmer with some nurturing, with some content. Yeah. So you're doing this for candidates that you're currently sourcing, but you also do it now for candidates uh, that you might proactively source. Yeah. How does that work for you uh, at Molly? At Molly, actually, we are just starting with that as I joined very recently and um, in January. But before I used to work uh, for Binder, which was another very hot uh, scale up in Amsterdam. And, uh, and we also did it quite a lot there. So basically what, uh, what I believe it's uh, very important, uh, it's to first know what you will be hiring for throughout the year. And so let's say build kind of a, a hiring plan. And that's what I see that many organizations don't do mm-hmm. for several reasons, most of all, because they don't know what they want to hire. At least they don't know it very specifically, but they have an idea, but they don't work even with that idea. They just, uh, whenever they have an open, opening, they ask recruit, okay, we need this position as soon as possible because of this and that reason. But a lot of them, they knew that they would be, let's say, hiring that sales executive or that customer success manager already a few months before if, because if everything goes well they knew that that this would be the they would need this person so why not to always already in that, identify that at the beginning of the year that we will be looking for these kind of profiles that's very high probability and usually when you if you look at startups scale-ups they all need very similar profiles either it's sales uh, customer success, software engineers, customer support. So you need uh, very, very similar profiles and you will, you can foresee in terms of if everything goes well, that where you will see that uh, increase uh, in hiring and then you can build that pipeline. So the first step is really to, to know and to identify which profiles either in high volume you will need and also which profiles might be very difficult to find. Let's say you're looking for lead system engineer or lead DevOps. That's very difficult to find. And, and if you know that you might need one, once you get enough engineers on board, then it's better to get ready for it because then it will take you a very long time once you need it. So you talked a little bit about creating a pipeline, yeah. but obviously that pipeline starts a lot earlier than it might have otherwise. Yeah, How do you organize that? How do you make sure that that pipeline is kind of optimized at all times? The best example would be, we are working on this with a, with a, with a friend of mine that was not really on the, specifically for Binden or, or, or Molly, but he also needed uh, customer success managers, which is basically relationship management, this new cool and sexy title for mm-hmm. relationship management in the startup world. Mm-hmm. But he had never recruited for, for such a profile. And he, he said, okay, but in the, um, the long, down the road, let's say in the, in the Q2, we would need like a, a force customer success managers. And I have never recruited for that. And, mm-hmm. and he knew that I had done some work in that field. And so... I helped him to develop kind of this proactive sourcing strategy and it did work. So how, how was it, for example, that um, they identified a customer success manager from Amsterdam, which, which they would like to talk to basically based on their requirements. So they identified a bunch, perhaps uh, 40, 50 by, by sourcing. Uh, and um, then they uh, organized, uh, let's say, uh, meetup for customer success, which because one of the customer success managers at the company, she was very active in the community of uh, customer success managers in Amsterdam as you can find a meetup for anything these days. And and they offered to host that hosted meetup uh, at their office and that customer success manager, she proactively invited those, the people they identified. They came to the, the office and uh, not all of them, but, but a lot of them, they came to wanted to exchange experiences. 
and they made sure that they had their teams ready to talk to them. Not necessarily in the recruitment pitch, but just to get to know them. And after that, um, those, um, those customer success managers, when they left, they get in touch with them on LinkedIn, sharing with them some content about the team, about asking for their feedback, whether they, whether they think it could be beneficial for them as customer success managers. So they were building relationships. Then uh, they organized another event where they invited them. And then when the opening came up that they needed it, they reached out to them. Okay, you got to know the team, you've seen the office, and we really like your vibe or we think that, and that your experience might be valuable. You can perhaps also grow at the company. What would you say about a conversation? And they actually, a lot of them, they were, were willing to have that conversation because that was the whole nurturing process. So, so instead of just uh, reaching out to them with a cold message when the opening was up high, we are this, in this company, we would like to talk to you. But, but um, without offering them that insight, that's quite maybe way more difficult and to get the response rate. So they, they actually made quite some hires from that. And that was, and didn't take actually a lot of uh, time or money. It was just being sure that you're in touch with, with, with the people. Mm-hmm. So that was one example, for example. Yeah. So you've mentioned now nurturing a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Um, can you build upon that? What does that mean when you're looking at proactively sourcing candidates? So a lot of time, let's say you reach out to somebody and they like your message, but they say, I'm not really ready to change now because it's the time isn't right. And uh, what we usually do, we have uh, either a spreadsheet, an ATS, or uh, any kind of manner where we where we, how we store our several candidates, we put a note, contact in six months, mm-hmm. and then we move on. Then we contact them in six months, and they just accepted an offer at a company a week ago, yeah. for example. And, oh, oh, that's a pity. But because what we are missing out on it's how to use that six months to actually give them more insight in, about our company, about how easy to work there. So to invite them, let's say, to, to, to meetups, to events, to send them interesting information, which are not job openings, but actually something which could be beneficial for them about their profession or giving them more insight into our company. Because if they decide, if they agree to stay in touch, it means that I believe they would like to know more. So by sending them uh, information about um, an interesting blog, whatever the software engineer at their company wrote about the conference uh, they attended, there are some insights, like some summaries. So that's something they would like to read and they would start seeing your company as a potential, maybe, place to work once they're ready to change. So that's that's what, what I call nurturing, to make sure that you stay in touch with them and serve them relevant information and build a relationship. So when you talk about this content creation, it seems to me that a lot of it is employer branding, but it's also almost uh, department-specific employer branding. How do you enable a team to start producing that kind of content? And how do you get them more involved in this process of nurturing? Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm not sure if I've been lucky or not lucky, but I've always been the only recruiter, on, or at least with just very limited resources. So you always need the team to help you out because you can't produce it yourself. So for me, I've always been trying to look for a champion, I call them champions. So they, on the team, there's always somebody who is more willing, who understands more to how, is it, how difficult it is to recruit. It's either somebody on the marketing team, and this person can fight for you there in the marketing meeting when they have priorities. And, and that's what I always try to find. Then also a person on the engineering team who like to write content, who like to produce, but they don't know how. So then you can partner up with that ally in the marketing team and that engineer who is willing to write but doesn't know how. And they can either ghost write some uh, some article, or they can help uh, help them with some tips how to, they can review their article and uh, help them to create something. So mm-hmm. I always like to find people who like to produce content and enable them to do so. 
Because if you force people that you need to ride, you should ride because it's good, they will never do it. But if they like it, but they perhaps are shy or they think, don't think it's good enough, you just encourage them and they, they do so. So that's also what's proven successful to me, actually. Yeah, it seems to me that uh, when you talk about proactive sourcing, it's actually about creating a very engaged team as well. Exactly. So how, how does uh, employer branding kind of tie into this? I believe hiring is always, it's the job of the whole organization. It's uh, it's recruiter should, it's there to support, to enable, to help, but always a team should be responsible for hiring because they need the the position. So, so I always like to stress it out when I talk to the hiring managers. It's you, you who hire, I help you, but you hire. So basically, and the branding, how it, how it fits in there, it's also the, I call it like kind of a, the team value proposition or, or, or there are many fancy titles for that too. To also help them understand that if you want to attract those rock stars you want, you have high criteria, of course, everybody wants seniors and you need to offer them something more than the others if you want to attract them. You need to show them how is it to really work for, on your team, who are you as a manager and to help them decide whether that fits their needs. And the best way how I, uh, how I proven that it could work, it's so uh, exactly I had one colleague at Binder, she had a great phrase, she's an English native and I love it, nail it and scale it. So, so I always look for one success story. I, there's always also one hiring manager who is a bit more bold to try these kind of things, to put out some videos of himself talking on, uh, about the job and um, to write a blog and to himself proactively uh, reach out to candidates. And I just need that guy or girl. And once we hired the, the person, I can say, guys, this is how long it took. This is what we did. And that's why we were successful. I, I would dare you to try that as well. So there's always one employee branding or kind of a, a employee branding enthusiast who is willing to try it out and, yeah. and build that content around the team. So instead of uh, leading by example, it's convincing by example. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Because if once you have a success story, they're more, much more willing to talk to you because if you come to them, you need content and you need to produce some video on, on mobile phone, perhaps, if it's just not edited, but it's really authentic, candidates like it. I don't know if that, suddenly everybody's shy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember one situation what we uh, recently, which, which happened that um, before a hire joined, uh, joined us or they already accepted the offer. But uh, I suggested, let's send them a picture of the team, like well, with some kind of uh, welcome poster, like, and they didn't want to do it because oh, it's maybe too much. It's, uh, so they were kind of a bit against it, but I convinced that the hiring manager just let's give it a try. How nice it is to receive uh, before you join, like nice welcome message from the team. They did it and uh, the candidate was so happy or the employee was so happy. Then they came to the hiring manager. Yeah, it's, um, I felt really wanted. I really, I, I made a good decision. And um, then the hiring manager said, yeah, it was, yeah. I was really happy to, to do it, and it really, really, it was it was a great idea. So, so yeah, you see, when when they see the the feedback, they will they will adopt it. Now it's actually in the it Molly views it for every every team. Mm-hmm. So it's always that you need that one success story, and I I will look for it until I found it. So and then you can convince everybody. It's one of those things that it works on both levels. So it works in order to kind of convince the candidate that they've made the right decision joining you guys, but it also kind of gets the whole team involved in a very small way in the hiring process to say, hey, we're already welcoming a candidate here. Let's create something together to welcome them. And everybody kind of wins in the end. Exactly. Uh, And and another good example, I would say this is from the software engineering field, which might be interesting for for people in tech. A lot of people. We... we, (laughs) We wanted a really very, very senior front-end engineer and uh, we knew that there would be a potential because we were opening, uh, we, we were basically 
moving on one part of the team to Amsterdam and we knew that we would need a really senior software uh, front-end engineer later that year. No, not necessarily at that very moment, but so, and there was a guy we really wanted, but because he was speaking at conferences, he was really, really a big fish in a way. And, uh, but it's more difficult to get him because he probably receives a lot of, uh, he, re- he receives a lot of messages and reach outs. And so I was thinking how to do it. And, and uh, so I crafted like a message. I think it was one of the best messages I've ever, ever written. It took me quite some time. And, and I sent it to him and he replied after a couple of days that, um, yeah, I had a binder. I also knew some, some employees that seemed pretty smart. Let's have a talk, like, like casual talk. It's not. Mm-hmm. So I got him on the phone. We talked. I, I tried to sell a company really just to understand what he, what he might need. And it seemed to me that there could be a potential for him to switch because he was missing certain things at his company, which we could give it to him. And I said, okay, what one day you could perhaps come, uh, come and stop by our office for a beer. And he said, yeah, Thomas, okay, maybe one day I'll let you know. So, and then, so not really proper closing and, uh, and not even any, any kind of follow-ups, but I understood that, okay, he's probably in high demand. So this is, this is how he explores the opportunities, see what fits him better. And then I sent him a, basically a blog from an engineer, he, a front engineer who wrote about how we, how we basically um, revamped the whole design UI, UX, and, um, and how he started using React. In exchange, he sent me his video from a talk uh, where he, at a conference where he talked about similar issue. So that sent it to the team. The guy sent him feedback. It was really nice. Then we had a meetup and uh, guys invited him for, for a meetup and uh, then he had a talk with them. And uh, and after the meetup, um, I think it was like two days after the meetup, I received the email. I was like, yeah, Thomas, it was actually, actually a very good, nice meetup and, uh, and I, I like talking to the team. By the way, you mentioned a beer. I'm actually available next week to stop by. And that's what you actually want. You want them to, to suggest the beer. And that's with the content because we sent him the content. We gave feedback on his content. He, he sent to us, he, we invited him to the meetup where we showed him the company and I had a chance to talk to the team. Then, then he reached out on his own. So, and we didn't hire him in the end because of the, um, we were not able to, to finalize the, the proposal, but it's about how we can get really people interested um, in the, in the whole, in your company. It's a playing the long game, right? When exactly. it comes to engaging with people on a long-term basis, which I think doesn't always come very naturally to no. some recruiters. No. I think some do it really well, but I think often when you have the pressure of hiring someone within a month or within even three months, you can become a little transactional, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's the, um, because we all want to be business advisors, senior recruiters. I think the seniority really... Uh, lies in the fact how you can advise the business because if you are able to build that hiring plan you also will be able to to advise your hiring managers how long does it take to, to recruit for those roles we should be we should pay attention to those roles because they are really difficult to to recruit so we should already start building the strategy not for all of them some of them are easier to find you can be more reactive and just post and pray but for a lot more roles these days when it comes to good salespeople and good engineers, you need to really start engaging and start building that uh, community. What we are doing at Molly now, we are building a newsletter. So we want to have our community, town community, where we want to share some industry news and uh, relevant for, for people we are hiring for, let's say, from, from engineering, um, write blogs on our own, also share something our guys find interesting so they, they can um, read it. Also some insights in, into our company and time to time a vacancy. But it's more about giving them the, the, the content and the, the, the value. And mm-hmm. we believe that they will be appreciating the newsletter. And one day when they're ready to, to switch a job, they will actually send a message they would like to go for a beer. 
Well, it's also a little bit uh, more sustainable, right? Exactly. Because you put in the effort, you put in quite a lot more effort. I mean, it depends. Do you think it's more effort or do you think the constant recruiting is more effort? I believe that if you, uh, it's not just about recruiting, it's also about building your your presence and brand in that community. Because if you just proactively reach out, it takes you a lot of messages and a lot of, uh, basically, it's mostly about um, the quantity of messages you send and hoping that somebody reply and that you will, you will catch them at the right time. Because you can also write the best reach out in the world, but if the engineer is not ready to, to switch, then he will, he will not convince me some fancy words. But then you need to make, sh- make sure you know what to do with those engineers because you will be able to hire them down the road if you create a, a good strategy. So I believe it's, it might be a bit um, time-consuming in the beginning to build a strategy, but once you get hang of it, you will be you will be successful because it will be kind of automated. You will you will have that content uh, ready to post to 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 nurture the candidates with. But just the beginning is difficult. That's why people don't do it because it takes some time. If you especially if you've never done it to to start convincing the organization, we need to start building proactive talent strategy. And once once it's there, it then it's easy. But just to just to start, just like everything, to start is it's uh, the most difficult. Yeah, obviously, I think these things have to be part of a larger strategy. Yeah. yeah. But what are some tactics that you would recommend to kind of at least start kicking off different kinds of proactive sur- sourcing? So you've already said meetups. Also, yeah. newsletter is very helpful. Yeah. Are there any other ways that you would start uh, proactive sourcing? I would say. Especially if you're starting, um, make sure that you have enough content and there's a lot of content already out there. So reach out to, to the marketing team, to, to all the teams. Do you have any pictures from your outings? Do you have any, any blogs you, you've written? And, um, so to make sure you, you need to reinvent the wheel to create from something from scratch if, the, if you already have uh, a lot of content out there. So that would be also to look into what, what you have. Also, um, look, let's say look into your ATS. Because there are a lot of candidates you rejected in the past, not because they were not a good fit, because they accepted something else just before you, your offer came in, or they were too expensive at the time, but now your salaries are higher. So look into your ATS and build a list of people you would like to re-engage with. And let's say, send them some nice piece of content, an invitation. So also looking what you already got in-house. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's something what uh, what we also done in Molly. Now we, we invited uh, we a lot of people to an event we have just to get in, keep in touch and uh, also they, they applied in past but didn't work out for, for some reason I would say also to kind of befriend data to once you have the content once you post something to understand what works what doesn't it's, uh, you can also learn a lot uh, from that and recruiters we, not a lot of them like data I know it's because it's uh, to, to, to a lot of analysis but uh, because that could help you to, to kind of optimize your strategy so that's another thing you we should look into a bit more and mm-hmm. uh, and not, let's let's experiment with that, and uh, and I think experimenting that's the that's the biggest um, advice I have. Like not to be afraid to post something which might not be perfect. It's uh, you always lose as a learning point, and also uh, so that that's uh, that's the experimentation. It's uh, something I would like invite. I mean, everybody invite you to 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 do that. Nice. So I think my last question for you. Yeah. I always like uh, giving people something actionable that they can take home. Not that. I think all of this was hopefully actionable for people, but um, what's one tool that you can recommend to kind of help facilitate either this candidate engagement, content creation, coordination between teams? Is there any particular tool that you could recommend? If uh, if you look into real 
very basics of, of um, I would say, good um, having a good uh, ATS. It's um, ATS which supports um, cooperation within teams. So basically, you can man- you can communicate inside the okay. system. So you don't need to have a lot of spreadsheets on the side, a lot of uh, Trello boards, but you can really manage everything in in, uh, in one place. And also potentially something which could build talent pools because uh, if that ATS can build a talent pool you can put that those people who are not interested or who are not ready to be engaged put them in talent pool and they nurture them already already there so you don't need to look for them every single time when, when you when you, when you need to send something and also the nurturing cap- possibility to basically actually automate those those, uh, those messages or those those newsletters or or whatever you want to send to them so I think if you can have that in the that would be that's already a great step because a lot of times we have uh, information in a lot of different tools and then we lose them because we don't remember or don't and or forget uh, about that one so so the, the having a really robust ATS I think that's that would be a great start to and then you can play around with all these fancy tools. There are a lot of tools in the market every month. There is new ones. So, so just uh, just be curious and, and um, Google and uh, go to meetups, conferences where they usually present all these tools, and you will understand that there's just a lot of that. Yeah. But a basic ATS, uh, it's uh, it's a must have, I would say. Great. Well, thank you so much, uh, Tomas, and uh, hopefully have you back soon. Thanks a lot, Adri. A pleasure. 